are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So Jesus said, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven, says Jesus. Welcome this morning. We are in week two of the greatest sermon ever preached by the greatest preacher that ever lived. It's not me, it's Jesus. It's his sermon that can be read in 10 minutes, the Sermon on the Mount. And it's the sermon where God spoke about everything. And he spoke to us about how we can be people of influence and people of impact. And it, it forced a decision. It forced people to make a big decision, a life decision, just like some of us are making this summer. You've got big decisions. And some of your decisions are serious. Some of them are kind of trivial. I had a trivial one this week that felt big. I'm part of a running group. And we were scheduled to run on Thursday night at 6 o'clock in Rancho Cordova, eight miles, six 400s uphill in this park in Golden River. Do any of you know where that is? Okay, yeah, hills, hills. And uh, I wondered on my way there, why am I doing this? this? This isn't right. You're 39 years old. You're way too old for this. Why are you doing this? What do you want? Was this stupid? You're not coming home, but your wife's going to, she'll get over it. (laughs) And I thought, why am I? So I asked a few friends, can you run in 106 degree weather? Yeah, you can. Oh, it's disappointing. (laughs) Uh, Shall I? Yes, you'll be fine. So we get there and the coach, this guy, he's the coach at Intercom. Chad, any of you know Coach Chad? Love this guy. He, he's coached under some Olympic, Olympic coaches. We get there, and on our warm-up, our two-mile warm-up, we're all talking about the heat in a group as we jog to our hill. We get there, and Chad says, hey, I want to have a little conversation with you. He said, how many of you know it's hot? Raise your hand. We're all like, we know it's hot. He said, okay, we all know it's hot now, right? So don't talk about it anymore. I'm like... That hurt my feelings. I wanted to complain the whole afternoon about it. I didn't say that. And then we did it. One of the funnest workouts I've done in a long time. And I woke up mid-afternoon on Saturday. Uh, Just great workout. It was a decision, a big decision. Do I really want to get better at this hobby of mine? Yes. Some of us are making decisions that that are bigger than just trying to 
beat our bodies. We're making decisions about our marriage and family life. We're making decisions about our career. We're making decisions about our extended family, who we're going to spend time with, who we're going to really reach out and and ensure they know they matter this summer, how we're going to spend each day this summer. Big decisions. Um, How long we're going to vacation this summer, and if we're going to add an extra day or maybe a month. (laughs) Big decisions. And Jesus wants us to know that regardless of your decisions, if you consider yourself a Christ follower, you were designed to be the salt of the earth. It's you. You were designed to be designed to be the salt of the earth. You are and have been designed to be the light of the world. And so this morning I want to ask you this question. What is your next step to being the salt of the earth and the light of the world? How is he prompting you to take a next step? To make a decision to bring more salt, to bring more light. Let's walk through a few things here. Firstly, salt. Salt has the power of influence. Salt is influence. Jesus says you are the salt of the earth. So what do we know about salt? Well, we know salt has a very purifying nature to it. The Romans, the Roman world ensured that they built colonies and towns near salt because salt was as pure as the most pure things on the planet. For them, it was the sea, the Mediterranean Sea, and the sun, which created salt. Salt was purifying. Uh, And salt also has a preserving nature to it. Uh, We need need salt on our planet because there's a lot of pepper on our planet. I like this far side, uh, this far side, piece where God is in the kitchen and he says, just to make it interesting, I'm going to sprinkle some pepper, or he calls it jerks, uh, on the planet. We need salt because there are jerks on the planet. Sometimes we can all be a jerk. How many of you did you admit this morning, there's jerk in you? Okay, all right, you got jerk. How many of you just got the question and now you're willing to admit it? All right, cut. So, so there's a need for this kind of preservation in our lives, uh, in, in our circles, in our homes, in our minds, uh, in our work circles, our neighborhood circles. There's a need for somebody to say, I'm going to be the salt. I'm going to try to preserve some good here. Let me tell you a little bit about the early church. I'm going to read a quote to you from an early 2nd century writer who identifies himself as Mathetes. He wrote in about 120 AD describing the early church. I think it's pretty fascinating. Check this out. It's pretty consistent with the stuff I've read. He writes a letter to uh, this guy, um, Diognetius, and he says this, about early Christians. Christians busy themselves on earth, but their citizenship is in heaven. They see their foreign countries as their native lands and their native lands as their foreign countries. They marry and have children, but do not kill unwanted babies. Early second century. They share their table with all, but not their bed with all. This is good literature. (laughs) They love everyone, but are persecuted by everyone. Who are we talking about? This This sounds like the church in Cairo, Egypt right now, or the Christians in Baghdad, Iraq. 
right now. They are poor and yet make many rich. Do you love that? <laughs> they are short of everything and yet have plenty of all things. Mathetes to Diognetius AD 120. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's, you know, and mine is, without carrying on a public conversation here, is that mine is that I want to make certain that I'm really owned by Jesus and not the things of this world. That I'm preserved by him. I don't want to be a weirdo. I don't want to be an eyesore. I don't want to be a braggadocious, unpleasant bigot. But I want to be some salt. So salt has a preserving nature. The early church had a real preserving nature. The early church also had flavor. Flavor. Have you seen what a lot of the young people are familiar with? Have you, have, you, have, you ran, have you seen this guy, Salt Bay? How many of you are familiar with Salt Bay? Cool. Yeah, Taylor. Salt Bay is this Turkish butcher who has, he's an incredible butcher that has seven restaurants in, throughout Europe and the Middle East. And he's, he got, in 2017, I think he was the first meme they call him, because he got three and a half million followers on Instagram because of his unique distribution of salt. Okay? Check this out. This is what he does. Salt Bay Turkish Butcher. Salt Bay. For those of you that are vegan, I apologize if this stumbles to you in any way. Low cholesterol. It's lamb. Look at that. Look at that. So here's the deal. I've been practicing. So what you do, do this at lunch. You want to kind of, in you know, really walk up to your dinner guests this week or today and just go like this. You just, you got to use the forearm, kind of tighten the forearm up a little bit and just kind of drip it. Just kind of drip it. Walk up, maybe go to a, a table next to you at lunch today and say, hey, how about a little of this on that meal? Some of you that, that have a tendency to have high blood pressure, you're like, that would kill me. I'd die tonight. Uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's just, it, you got to let it bounce off the forearm. Anyways, this is Salt but He's having a lot of fun. He's bringing flavor to meat, obviously, flavor to a dining experience. Can you imagine if you brought appropriate flavor to all your circles? your marriage, your family life, your kids, your time with your grandkids, you somehow brought flavor in a fun way, not an annoying way. You brought flavor to your work circles. This is what Jesus imagines. But I got to tell you, I think if we're honest with ourselves, last week's a perfect example. Uh, People get a little, it's hot. People get sensitive. They get a little more impatient. Maybe you can relate to this guy and his need for salt. 
and flavor. Jesus, I am late for church. I'm just going to speak this parking spot into existence right now. Just name it and claim it, Jesus. Oh, for heaven's sakes, use the crosswalk. I, okay, I have the fruit of the spirit, but y'all need to move. Ooh, she is going to wear that into bounce your eyes. Bounce your eye. Jesus, give me a miracle. I need a ram in the thicket. I love this shirt. It's just like come as you are. You know what I'm saying? How do I look, though? Does this jacket go with this shirt? Oh, good Lord. Guests, single parents, expected mother. Who doesn't have a parking spot these days? I have been here 27 years. I deserve respect. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Take my parking spot. She, listen, she probably needs Jesus more than me, honestly. Use your mirror. How long does it take to back out of a... Jesus, give me strength. This is so... Str honestly, there better be coffee. There better be coffee. <laughs> Y'all are gonna make me park in a handicap spot. Oh, look, there go the homeschoolers. I swear if somebody took the last jelly donut, I will. Don't make me get out of the... Oh, move hey, are that you on the ministry team? Not today, okay? Oh, you're gonna drive a Lexus? Okay, I know where your treasure's at. Not in heaven. The sermon series is what? Putting others in front of yourself. Oh, this doesn't apply to me. I mean, for heaven's sakes, move out of the ro Look at this truck. Where are you going? A church or a Trump rally? Finally found a parking spot 15 minutes late. Oh, it is way too cold out here, but you better bring a shuttle or I will watch this service online. Yeah! Isn't that fun? Oh, I love it. I love that video. How many just want to watch that a couple more times? Are you ready? <laughs> Hey, the truth is we can lose our saltiness pretty quickly, can't we? And so how do we, what would it look like to, to maintain some saltiness, I think, in our culture? Here's a few ideas that uh, the guys I meet with came up with, and I really liked them. First, in our kind of sex-crazy culture, in your own mind, in your own eyes, make, make purity the new sexy. In your home, in your heart, in your life, make purity the new sexy. Do I need to, do you need detail or is that clear enough? Okay, all right. Make it the new sexy, really. Secondly, in our, as I mentioned last week, there's an increase of young people struggling with depression. The median age for onset depression used to be 29 in the 60s, now it's 14. In our depressed culture, preserve your own heart and the people around you with joy. Choose joy. Choose joy. How do you choose joy? Really? Is it pie in the sky? Is it, yeah, just, I'm happy. No. You know how you get joy? Listen to Paul's words. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say gentleness because he's writing from prison. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be made known to all men for the Lord is near. How do, you, how do you choose joy? You make a choice to focus on the nearness of Christ, God's work in your life, and you make a choice not to think on things that are hopeless, helpless, and depressing. I thought Melissa really touched on this on Mother's Day when she said, the way I control my mind is I take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And I punish acts of disobedience in my mind. And so she, in her own mind, she creates a gate that keeps conversation and thinking out of her mind that is depressing. <laughs> I mean, if you, if, you, if you spend your whole day watching the news, you're just letting stuff in your mind. You're going to be like, hey, Daryl, right? So you, you guard your mind. Preserve joy around you by 
guarding your mind. It's just a great tool. Thirdly, in, the, in our kind of bland culture of uh, online relationships, online communication, a bland culture of retweets and follow and likes, personally pursue a vibrant faith. A vibrant faith. What is it that you're praying about that you're hoping God will open for you? Barry talked about it a couple weeks ago. Keep pounding on that door. God, answer this prayer, please. I want to see you do this. Do in me what you need to do in me. So I'll be okay with however you're leading the situation. Do it in me. Because God's more concerned about this than he is our circumstances. So salt. What I'm talking to you about is bringing a little salt around you. Okay, do that. I challenge you. How many of you today, you're going to go to a restaurant, you're just going to stand, and you're just going to go over your, over your taco, you're just going to do it. Just see what happens. Folks, are, you're going to get videoed. It's going to go crazy. Okay, so we're told we're the salt of the earth. Jesus also says, you are the light. You're the light. Now, interestingly, when Jesus talked about light, he's referring to the idea that we have tremendous impact, potentially, and when Jesus talked about light, he said, there's a great light. And you, he actually referred to himself as the great light. The one that when he was in the world, he exposed, just by his mere presence, exposed darkness. And people didn't like him. <laughs> You're talking about the light. Don't stay away from us. He is the light of the world. And yet when he departed from the earth, he's dependent upon us to be the light. He's dependent upon us to be that light that is in the world and that makes a huge difference. He's dependent upon us to be his representatives, his ambassadors, his hope bringers of light. In the first century, when you traveled, when you went from town to town, it would take you all day. And when you saw a town that was lit up, You had the hope of being free of bandits or predators. There were lions and other predators, wolves that might try to mess with your family. You had the hope, more deeply, of hospitality, shelter, food, um, friendship. And so seeing a city up ahead was super attractive. How many of you, is there anyone here that could pick out uh, this city, uh, this this town, let me just give you a hint. It's between Kostiak and Bakersfield. How many of you have ever been in an overheated car on the grapevine or had a flat tire on the grapevine? Anybody? Okay, cool. Uh, anyone name a town between Kostiak and Bakersfield here? Oh, that's the answer. It's Gorman. They've got one. You've been, uh, were you in the last room? They have a really fancy. (laughs) There's Gorman. Do any of you know where Gorman is? They have a really fancy sign up on the hill that was was developed in the late 40s. Uh, It's ugly. Gorman is this town out in the middle of nowhere, right? But if you need a city at night, it's the dream place. When I was a kid, I shared this story before my uncle and took me dove hunting up in Lindsay, and we drove an old Dodge Falcon. And as a 12-year-old car guy, I was like, is this going to make it? He said, we'll figure it out. Well, we drove, 
and we broke down outside of Gorman in the middle of the night. And my uncle was a little bit paranoid. We had a bunch of shotguns in the back of the trunk, and he said, hey, Scotty, here's the deal. We're going to spread the guns out on the grass. If anyone pulls over, shoot him in the knees. And I'm like, are you serious? Oh, my gosh. This is way more stress than a 12-year-old should have. But uh, anyways, so a truck driver pulled over, and I'm like, okay, is this, is this safe or what? Anyways, the guy said, can we help you? I'm like, yes, rescue me from my uncle. Anyways, we, we uh, took our, we didn't have a spare tire, good planners, and so we got in his truck and drove to Gorman, and they replaced our tire, and by 5 a.m. the next morning, we got another tractor-trailer drive home, or back to the car, and we made it. There's something about a city that provides us hospitality, safety, care at night that we need. Okay, so when Jesus talks about light, he's talking about light of a town or city. When he talks about light, he also talks about something that kind of throws us off, good deeds. He says this, that we should, uh, we should do our good deeds. Let your work shine before men so that others, when they see them, will glorify your Father who's in heaven. And this could be kind of a, this can kind of mess with us because we think, oh, like I saw it this week. I was on Northgate and I saw a guy out with a big sign that said Jesus saves or something or God loves you on the side. Did any of you see that this week? God loves you and uh, that was his message. And I was like, cool, yeah, way to take a stand. Except he had kind of a, I don't know, he, he, he didn't look super happy. Kind of that undertaker look, you know, it just didn't look like, yeah. And I thought, you know, is that the kind of, is that what it means to let your good deeds shine before men? Just to be kind of loud about how much you love Jesus, just to kind of be outspoken about your love for God, to to just tell everyone you meet, is that it? And what we reasoned is that, no, really to let your light shine before others is to be like this town set on a hill. To be like a place where people can go for safety, anyone. A couple questions for you. Can people approach you and talk to you? Are you approachable? Can people ask you for a favor? Or are you like, oh my gosh, people are coming. Shut the garage door, lock down. We're unsecure. They want something from us. Get out. Can people ask you for advice? Can they come to you and will you listen to them without judging them? To be the light means to be like Jesus where people people can come to you. You're a safe place. You're a Gorman. You're a, you're a Bethlehem. People can approach you. They can talk to you. How about this? They can ask you for help. When's the last time someone asked you for help? Does it scare you when someone asks you for help? Or someone asks you for a favor? I kidded about it last week. People ask me, are you moving, Scott? No, but I talked about how sometimes one of the scariest requests you'll ever be asked is, hey, we're moving Saturday. Would you mind helping? Right? Sure. (laughs) Yeah. 
So here's what I want to suggest it means to be the light of the world. Like Gorman, like a town. Be, hus- be hospitable. Reminds me of that quote from Mathe Tase. Their table welcomed all. When's the last time you had someone in your home? When's the last time you had someone in your home that needed encouragement? Came around the table, just had a good meal together. When's the last time you had a neighbor in your home for dinner or lunch? Be hospitable. And we spend a lot of money on our homes, don't we? $1,000 a month? <laughs> oh, no, that's central Kansas. Uh, <laughs> we spend a lot of time and, and money on our home. Do we, and yet we, a lot of us think our homes aren't perfect, right? I mean, how, do we need to be invited by Architectural Digest or Southern Living to have our home featured before we would let someone in it? I, I think we're being too hard on ourselves. I think it's not about how our home looks. It's about what, how this looks. And giving people a safe. Are you approachable? Has anyone asked you for a favor lately? And if they have, how did you respond? Has anyone asked you for a favor lately? And if you said no, why did you say no? Just think on it. Okay, how do we become this salt and this light? What are some things we can do personally that will kind of open us up to it? Here's, here's what we've been saying. At our church at Adventure, we think the key for us as a staff and leadership team is to start blessing people. Blessing people. Here's how you do it. Begin each day with prayer. Begin every day with some quiet time with God. And if the idea of of having some time opening the scriptures or singing some praise music is like it doesn't work for your schedule, here's another example. Text the word REFUEL, all caps, take a photo of that if you need it, and you will receive daily devotions on your smartphone. Okay? Begin each day with prayer. Second, listen to those around you. Be a listener. Be, grow in your emotional, your EQ, your emotional intelligence. Be a listener to what's going on around you. What you'll find is people are grieving. They need empathy. They need to be listened to. Show up and be there for them. Thirdly, this is the hard one. Eat. Just kidding. <laughs> Use your lunch hour or your dinner hour to be with people and just love them. You, in fact, you, the idea of, of inviting someone over may be like, ah, I'm not ready for that. Get ready. You're going to get invited to a party. How many of you have been invited to more than one party this weekend? How many of you have already been to two parties this weekend? Anyone? Okay. Just two of us. All right. All right. I'm going to start forwarding all my invites to all of you. <laughs> Accept invites to be with people. Don't be a hermit. Don't be a hermit. Be social. Get out. It's healthy for you, okay? All right. Thirdly, serve people. Listen to what they need and serve them. That's that you're speaking their language when you do it. And then finally, when you've earned the right, tell people the most powerful evidence for the existence of God in your life. That is how Jesus has made a difference. Share your story.
bless people. You do one of these five every day, it's a win. This can help you be the, that specially begun by prayer, this can help you be the salt and the light wherever you're at. And I, I see crazy things happen when I pray for people. I pray for my neighbors almost every day, almost every day. And I see things happen, okay? Um, secondly, is your next step to pursue being more salty? Is your next step to treat, <laughs> to make purity the new sexy in your mind? Why not? <laughs> it's the best life, I could tell you. It's the best life. It honors Christ, and it frees you from guilt. Pursue it, not just with your body, but with your with your heart and your mind and your eyes, right? Second, maybe your next step today is to move away from depression to joy. And again, how do you choose it? You make a decision on what you're going to think about. Think about things that are good and excellent and praiseworthy and noble and right. Focus on those things. Let me tell you, those things are not always on every program you're going to watch on TV or every radio station. Be vigilant about guarding your mind. What did, you, what did Paul write? He said, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice and present your mind as transformed. And we're, we're to have the mind of Christ. That's the standard. You'll love it when you do it. Finally, do you, is your next step to pursue a vibrant faith, a vibrant faith in the midst of a lot of bland living where you really start knocking on the door for whatever you sense and wherever you sense God's leading you. This week I read in Psalm, I think it's like 133, David says, I will not let sleep, I will not let my eyes sleep until my prayer is answered for God to have a place, a temple. And I thought, oh, I love that. He's going to pursue something aggressively and keep praying about it even to the point of denying himself sleep. And I realize a lot of us have things that we don't have to deny ourselves sleep. We can't sleep, okay? So when you can't sleep, use it to pray. And then how about you as it relates to the next step of being a person of light is being hospitable, being approachable. Wow. Being that place, that safe place where someone can come to and ask a favor, where someone can come to and and ask for input or just be listened to. It's it's a gift. And a lot of times we're not we're not able to give it because it's we're tired, whatever. Well, how many of us how many of us were tired this week? Anybody at any moment? Raise your hand really high. All right. So just as my coach said, let's there's no more discussion about being tired, right? We're tired. We work hard but we are the salt. We are the light. Go bless people. It'll bring you more joy than you could even imagine. Go be the salt. Go be the light. You never know how Jesus is going to use you to bring hope. Maybe you've never made a decision to make Jesus the leader of your life. This is, this is new to you. Maybe you're ready today. To say, Jesus, I'm willing to trust you to be the light of my life.
It's a relationship. It's not religion. It's a relationship. Why don't you just make a decision to have a relationship with God through Jesus today? What's in your way? He paid all the price. He did everything on that cross that you need to do to get right with his father. It's done deal. Done. Any good you're going to do is going to be accomplished by his grace alone, not your own effort. (laughs) Why not make him the leader? I'll give you a chance to right now. Let's take a moment. How many of you you here were challenged to take the next step to really be salty? (laughs) Salty with purity, with preservative, and or with uh, flavor. Anyone, just raise your hand if you're like, that's me. I need to be more salty where I'm at, in my home, in my neighborhood, in my family life. Okay, several of you. How many of you are here and the idea of being a light, being someone that others can approach for a favor, for a listening ear, for hospitality? How many of you feel like, that's what I need to be, a better light, a better light? Anybody? Raise your hand if that's you. Okay of you. Heavenly Father, you see how your word spoken to us today. Help us take the next step, whatever you're compelling us to do, to be salt, to be light. And I wonder if you're here today and you've never begun this journey of following Jesus, of having a relationship with God through his son, Jesus, and you're ready to today. If that's you, I just ask you right from where you're seated to simply say, Jesus, be a light in me. Be salt in me. I'm willing to follow you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for for resurrecting from the dead. I'm willing to make you the leader of my life.